Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to episode 11 of the Ford Vargas Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and draft season is officially behind us. So in today's episode, I'm just going to do a quick little recap. And yeah, let's get right on into it. All right, so first things first, we're actually going to talk about some of the news that just broke in the past couple days, starting out first with the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. Um, He got a seven-game suspension for violating the league's PED, performance-enhancing drug use, and it's going to be really curious to see how Arizona does without him. Um, Last year, obviously, when he was out, the offense took a bit of a step down, and also Arizona has historically started off super hot and then cooled off towards the finish. I'm wondering if this can kind of be kind of like a blessing in disguise where Arizona will start out hot without DeAndre Hopkins and then be able to carry the momentum forwards. Um, yeah, like when DeAndre Hopkins returns, if he's able to bring that spark to make sure that they keep going and don't have their late season collapse like they have had for the past couple of seasons. So we'll see how that develops. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is the Saints signing Tyron Matthew safety. Uh, dude, that, that secondary is nasty now. So you got Marshawn La- Lattimore, all-pro all pro cornerback. Got Paulson Adebo, third-round pick from last year, opposite him with pretty good upside. Just missed his final season because of COVID. But, like, there's no denying the talent there if he can reach it, especially with all these secondary help around him. If he's your weak link, I think that's pretty good. Because in the slot, you got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and then the two safeties being uh, Marcus Williams and Tyron Matthew. Like, that's... One of the best safeties, or once uh, one of the best secondaries in the league. Combine that with Demario Davis making like a good linebacker core, just having him, and a solid pass rush that they got Cam Jordans, and then they just spent a first round pick last year on Peyton Turner. So that could be like one of the best defenses in the league, honestly, like a top three defense right there. You combine that with the fact that they got Jameis Winston, who's a very serviceable quarterback despite his flaws. Like, he's going to win you games. Um, you got two solid wide receivers. I'll talk about that more in the draft with drafting Chris Olave, and then they have Michael Thomas. Um, Toutman's a pretty good tight end. I think that's his name, Adam Toutman, right? Uh, Troutman. Adam Troutman, my bad. Um, yeah, and then a solid offensive line. Hopefully Trevor Penning can be a plug-and-play right there. And, yeah, the Saints could like scary compete maybe even take the nfc south from the bucks keep an eye on that storyline and lastly i wanted to talk about um jason verrett he's getting another shot with the niners and man this guy just has all the talent in the world and just sucks to see like how the football gods have just taken his acls and achilles and all these different injuries that he's had like if this guy was able to stay on the field for the whole season, like him and Ward could be one of the best cornerback duos in the league. And just, is he going to be there? So look, see how that develops throughout the season. All right, so this past weekend, finally we had the NFL draft. And all this months and months of preparation we all put in came to a head. And we got to have, like, practically football Christmas for all of us. Um, super exciting to watch all the trades, all the drama. Um I was super excited at the beginning because I got like seven of my first 10 picks right. I had a trade in there that didn't happen, but those two teams picked the correct guys, so I'm going to count those. And then I had the Saints and Commanders correctly trading and the Chiefs and the Patriots correctly trading. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a, I mean, that's pretty good guessing. But after that, like, you know, it's just guessing and there's hundreds of 
thousands of options that like the draft could have gone you know um i was just glad to like watch it all and absorb it and oh man that was fun all right so we're going to kick things off going in alphabetical order um with the arizona cardinals um so i'm actually this time doing some editing you can see all the draft picks right here on the screen so i don't have to read them off some of these names i've never heard before so i'm not going to embarrass myself trying to read them um i'm just going to give it like my little notes on each draft class starting off um i don't really like the marquise brown trade a ton like you see aj brown go for just like five picks higher and you're like okay like what, what are you doing here you know like aj brown is worth a lot more than that differential i know that they got another like a fifth in return and um philadelphia had to give up a third round pick but i still feel like okay that's like uh, and um but what I can say about it is it brings a new dimension to their offense, uh, that speed that they haven't really had since Kyler Murray's been in there, at least, like, not someone who can actually produce. Um, and they're going to need at least, like, a wide receiver one for a tiny bit with D-Hop suspended. Um, I don't know if they knew about the DeAndre Hopkins suspension when they made the trade. Either way, though, it makes sense to fill that kind of void in their offense, and they're in a win-now window with Kyler Murray's contract quickly coming up. Um, that's gonna like just squeeze them out of the cash, not being able, be able to spend as much. So it's he is admittedly better than any wide receiver, or a more of a sure thing for any wide receiver available right now. So I I see and understand why they did it. I just don't think personally I would have done it. Um, Trey McBride in the second round, I think that's really good value. Like that's second. None of these tight ends are like game wreckers, but uh, he's gonna be a solid option in the pass game right away. Except for is he because. They re-signed Max Williams and Zach Ertz. That's like drafting a tight end three in the second round. Like I feel like he's going to be a long-term play because I believe both of the, those guys are, are on one-year contracts, and Trey McBride's ceiling is obviously much higher. He was that whole Colorado State offense. But, um, yeah, just kind of curious. Like now they got like three. They're kind of like the Bucks from a couple of years ago. They got three very solid tight ends when a lot of teams are kind of like, okay, like where's mine? Um Cameron Thomas out of SDSU, he's got like some serious steal potential. He had some hype coming in uh, as a first-round talent. I believe he posted PFF's highest pass rush uh, grade. I might be wrong about that. Maybe it was for like group of five schools. But either way, he's got some huge upside as a kind of like an inside-outside versatility guy. And especially with J.J. Watt as his mentor, I think he can learn and grow in that role. Um, it might just be my bias. I go to San Diego State, so that might just be me like seeing the best in him. But man, I'm excited about this fit, and I, there's not many other places I think would have been better for him. Just because like having JJ as your mentor is crazy. Um, and then Maje Sanders, he's kind of going to be like the Chris Jones or Chandler Jones, sorry, replacement down the line. Um, I mean, he's going to come in day one. He day one, I wouldn't be surprised if he was better than Cameron Thomas, just because he's going to be more of the edge like true edge outside nine tech wide nine uh, seven tech type of pass rusher while cameron thomas is going to line up more from anywhere from seven to three more like jj watt um yeah so look for Marjorie sanders to kind of just i i expect him to hit the ground running and be like taking chandler jones snaps with him out the building to the raiders right, and then the rest of the draft class are kind of just guys fill out the roster um yeah, as I said, I'm not going to give analysis on guys who I don't know about. <laughs> uh, so next up, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons draft class. Um, I don't love the fact that Drake London was the first wide receiver off the board. I like Garrett Wilson's upside better as a, 
X receiver and also just starting off day one. Jameson Williams has crazy high upside. Uh, Chris Olave is a really good complimentary piece. They already got Kate, um, Kyle Pitts to be the number one. But I am like, I heard Arthur Smith in an interview that someone asked him, like, oh, like he's not the best route runner. And he's like, have you seen him from the slot? So that kind of gives me hope. Like, Drake London's best use is kind of in that Michael Thomas role. And if that's what he's going to play here, and Marcus Mariota running this quick hitting offense, that's going to be really good for them. Um, so I don't hate it, but I don't love it. You know, kind of like a B mid level pick. Like, okay, like I can see the reasoning. Like, this guy had 1,100 yards or whatever in eight games, was going on an absolute tear, was uncoverable, targeted like 13, 14 times a game. So I get it. It just also, like, he doesn't have the top end ceiling that I would expect from my number eight eight overall pick you know like i don't see him being anything higher than the number two off option in the offense like i hope he proves me wrong he, and he's got all the talent in the world to do it but i just don't see that um coming to a head however arnold ebiketti is kind of like the opposite i feel like he's a lot more risky like he might just be the next vic beasley for this team but he could turn into like a like von miller upside speed rusher crazy athlete out of penn state these guys are just being pumped out. You added off Aoway and Michael Parsons last year, this year. It's Arnold Abiketti. And just look for him. See how he develops here with Atlanta. Um, hopefully they can get the best out of him. We'll see. Um, I really like the Troy Anderson pick in the second round. Not over Leo Chanel. Like, the fact that he slipped all the way to, like, mid, late third, wherever Kansas City got him is kind of crazy. But we'll get to that later. Um, Anderson here, though, I, I feel like he could be sick um, playing alongside. He doesn't have to be the main guy with whatever his face is there uh jones Dion jones he doesn't have to be the number one linebacker right away take some pressure off of him uh but he is super smart versatile guy he wants to help the team win at montana state he was recruited as a linebacker um played running back his first year played because like a running back got suspended or something and then the quarterback got suspended last minute so he played quarterback his sophomore year and then last year, he played a linebacker, super athletic guy, super versatile, knows football, just a guy who wants to go out there and win. And that's kind of what you got to get in Atlanta. Like, you got to get people who will buy. And he bought into Montana State. He's going to buy into the NFL. And then I love the Desmond Ritter pick at um, in the third round. Like, take a flyer on some guy. He he turned around that Cincinnati program. Like, yes, he didn't do it alone. Obviously, Luke, Luke Fickle did it, but... He's not going to turn around this Atlanta Falcons program alone, but he he's shown the ability to take a team that everyone looked down upon. He's their group of five school. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. And he went two seasons undefeated, just losing to Georgia and then in the playoffs to Alabama. Um, you don't do that without being like a great quarterback. Like, yeah, he has his accuracy mishaps. He's a lot like Marcus Mariota, which is funny with him in front of him. But hopefully he can grow and... Um, I actually think I, in a previous video, compared him to Ryan Tannehill, but with more like Jimmy Garoppolo accuracy, which isn't the best, obviously, highest upside pick, and that's why he's in the third round here. But it's just kind of funny that Tannehill replaced Mariota, and now this might happen again. Ritter this time might be the one pl replacing Mariota. Um, yeah, and then the rest of the guys uh, don't really have too much to say. Now on to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and man, this might be my favorite draft. They got value. They traded down. They got like, they traded away um, Marquise Brown, which like obviously like that kind of sucks. You're trading away your number one receiver, but hopefully Bateman can step up and take that role. And you can tell by 
um, drafting two tight ends in the fourth round. Um, they want to go back to how they were in Lamar's MVP season, relying more on the tight ends, and I love that. Like, obviously, that was the best Lamar we've seen. Um, Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame at 14. That's crazy steal. He might He's probably a top-five talent in this draft. Super long and um, rangy. He's not the fastest, but he has faster game speed, you know, like... Yeah, he didn't run the fastest, but when the pads are on, it's just different, and he's able to read, react, and should be like plug and play, making that safety. Um, oh, you know Marcus Williams there, huh? Sorry, previously I said Marcus Williams. I meant Marcus May in the when I was talking about the Saints earlier. Uh, Marcus Williams is here. Him and Kyle Hamilton should be a great safety duo. Um. So yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Um. Tyler Linderbaum at 25. Sorry, I was checking my fan. It's kind of warm in here. Um, Tyler Linderbaum at 25, the center out of Iowa. He's, whew, once again, one of like top five, maybe 10 players in this draft, just at a lower positional value. So he slid a bit, and Baltimore jumped all over it. Um, I talked about this in a couple of my mock drafts about how he's a good fit, despite like, well, despite not being a good fit, it still makes sense to get him because. Um, Greg Roman's crafted this offense around Lamar Jackson's running ability. I bet, like, I have no doubt that they can use Tyler Linderbaum and his athleticism to take advantage of that. Despite coming from a zone blocking scheme and going to a gap, like, they're gonna they're gonna make it work and it's gonna be beautiful. Um, David Ajabo in the second round, like, once again another steal. He's only there because he popped his Achilles, and yeah, he might not play this first year, which kind of sucks. You want to get impact guys right away, but he's got super high upside and just like i love the story of the michigan defensive coordinator blanking on his name right now but like taking his guy in the second round and then also ojabo and odafe owe their first round pick from last year were like best friends so pairing those two guys back up hopefully um modern medicine is wonderful hopefully he comes back fast if maybe might be able to make back up in time for the playoffs you saw um came acres come back in like four months that's probably part of the reason why he still went like mid second round instead of falling even more like we we're seeing guys come back from these injuries more often and, and if david ojabo is able to do that he's gonna like we're gonna look back and be like damn the ravens got a dog in the second round and then you go on to round three and just another steal tyler jones out of yukon he's like jordan davis light not as big not as strong but he's got a bit more of that pass rush juice and he's because he's not as big he's able to stay on the field more so like yeah, they may have been jumped by Philadelphia for Jordan Davis, but they kind of like, I'd much rather have Kyle Hamilton in the first round and Tyler Jones in the second round than Jordan Davis in the first. And like, I don't know who's there, like JT Woods, like that, that do like, oh my gosh, the Ravens are just home run after home run. And then Daniel Falele, um, there's your Orlando Brown replacement. They were looking for him. They found him. A super big, unathletic tackle, but just like, big strong people mover that's what they like at their tackles and that's what they got there um gonna help this run game out immensely in the fourth round like whoo and then Jalen armor davis starting cornerback at alabama like damn just knocking it out of the park one after another like yeah like obviously this is in the fourth round so you can't have too high of expectations for armor davis but like i think it was um chris sims someone had him as like their number two cornerback so he has the upside he has the potential um and if, like, weak Martindale is no longer there, but the Ravens still have just, like, a history of developing these guys and getting the best out of them. So excited to see how that plays out. 
And then again, Charlie Kolar, tight end out of Iowa State. Um, he's kind of like a Travis Kelsey light, like not as big, not as strong, not as fast, not as good, not as good of a feel. But also we're comparing him to a Hall of Famer. So like getting this guy in the fourth round is going to be crazy for that offense. Um, just a second receiving threat out there at wide receiver. He needs to learn how to block better. So hopefully like the Ravens are going to teach him how to do that. Like they're the Ravens, you know. Um, and this also gives them kind of an out. Um, Marquise Andrews ain't or Mark Andrews ain't getting any younger. Um, Charlie Kolar is younger, so it will give them an out in case they don't want to pay Andrews like twenty million or whatever the tight end market's going to reach. Because I feel like that's going to skyrocket with the way the wide receivers are going right now. The only only dark spot on this Ravens draft is that they drafted Jordan Stout, the punter out of Penn State. And I know he's got like, he's the best at getting touchbacks and whatever, better accuracy, 30 to 30. He's the punter you want. But man, how do you not take punt God? Like, ah, Matt Arises, punter out of San Diego State, just got the boom and leg hitting 86, 81 yard punch, breaking like every record in the books. Um, Man. Yeah, so, uh, that, but it's it's a punter, you know. They had a bunch of fourth-round picks. What was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, fourth-round. Is that really one, two, three, four, five? Yeah, six. Wow, six fourth-round picks. Um, makes sense. Get a punter. Get, get someone you like, and that's your um, cook replacement right there. And then I like how they double-dip at tight end and cornerback. Um, just, like, they did last time they double dipped at tight end. Mark Andrews was a steal. Hayden Hurst they traded away a couple years later, got some value back for him. Um, I think Kolar's more of the steal here than likely. Huh. But um, yeah, I still just like the strategy of that. And then same thing with Demarion Williams, like how they went double up on him. And yeah, I don't really know too much about Beatty other than I was disappointed when I found out his name was Beatty and not Batty. <laughs> um, so moving on to the Buffalo Bills. Um, I love the Kyrie Elam pick. Um, personally, I do like Andrew Booth Jr. more, but I understand, like, different scheme fit and um, trading up, get your guy. Curious how they jumped Dallas. Um, maybe they were still looking at cornerback. Like, you know, last year they Dallas just jumped and Michael Parsons, or they settled for Michael Parsons, and look how that worked out for them. But anyways, we're not talking about Dallas. Uh, Kyrie Elam, great pick. They need a number two cornerback with... Um, Levi Wallace leaving, and they got him right there. Um, James Cook at the end in the 31st pick of the second round. That's where you want to be drafting running backs, end of the second, third round. Um, Good value there. He's uh, probably the best receiving back in this class, and obviously Buffalo loves to throw the ball, so good pick up there. And um, don't really know too much about Terrell Bernard, but Khalil Shakir should be a solid slot wide receiver right away, and that's kind of like with um, Cole Beasley leaving. They kind of needed that void to fill. Um, I believe they have Jameson Crowder, actually. Yeah, so they have Jameson Crowder there for now, but Shakir's the long-term replacement there, and I like that. And this is where Punt God went. Strongest leg in the league, going with the strongest arm in the league. There's just going to be some bombs. Um, I saw a tweet about who can punt, or he can go farther, uh, Josh Allen throw, or Matarize a punt. I really hope that they like really dive on into this. I've seen some of the Bills posts, and oh, that gets me hyped. I love Matarize a um, punt God, yeah. <laughs> And then the rest of the guys I don't really know too much about. So we're going to move on to the Carolina Panthers. And despite being handcuffed in this draft by some 
really wonderful trades that they made in the past, like for Sam Darnold and um, Christian Fulton. Not Fulton. Um, who was the guy, number nine overall pick by the Jags? Um, Jags. Henderson, C.J. Henderson. So despite being handcuffed by those two trades, um, who knows, maybe C.J. Henderson's going to be worth a number a third-round pick. He was the number nine overall pick. After all, he was just injured, so we'll see what's up with that. But they really knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Um, getting Ika McQuanu at six, they had their choice, and they went with probably the highest upside out of those top tackles just because he's a physical freak. And he's a nasty run blocker, but he also can be a guard for them. Say they really like Brady Christensen. Um, you're like, oh, you can't draft a guard at a six overall. Well, that's where Quinton Nelson has been drafted. And he has returned the highest war, according to Pro Football Focus, out of any offensive lineman, like regardless of position. So, yeah, obviously the tackle, like on average, is going to be more valuable. But Ike McQuanu is a special athlete, and I believe he could like knock it out of the park at either position. Um, and then trading up, giving up future capital, not too much if I remember correctly, to go grab Matt Corral. He was apparently the number one quarterback on their board. That's what they always say. We <laughs> don't know if this is true or not. Um, but, yeah, quarterback out of Ole Miss. And I just really like the process, like, waiting until the end of the third round to go up and get him instead of, like, getting too desperate and trading, like, a future first or something. Because um, I don't think Matt Crowell's worth that, but I think he's definitely worth a flyer. Have him behind Sam Darnold, and if Darnold starts sucking, throw Corral in, you know, see what you got there. Um, the rest of the guys don't really know too much about, so I'm going to move on. Um, I don't do know actually Kellen Barnes crazy fast, so we'll see if anything happens there. I think he ran like a 4 2 3 or something on the comment. Crazy, man. Um, so moving on to the Chicago Bears. Um, I love the Kyler Gordon pick. He, I think he has first round talent. Um, People talk all the time about how Sauce never gave up a touchdown in college, and that's super impressive, but neither did Kyler Gordon. Like, yeah, he didn't have as many coverage snaps played, but it was final season. He played the entire time opposite Trent McDuffie, who went number 21 overall, and he didn't give up a touchdown. So, I don't know. I, th I think people were sleeping on Kyler Gordon, and I love the pick. I love the value. Um, Jaquan Brisker, once again, one of these super athletes out of Penn State playing safety this time. And he's going to, him and Eddie Jackson for years, like, they got their safety duo locked up. I, their secondary um, looks to be, like, one of the better young ones in the league. And that's exciting. The only not exciting thing, though, is they didn't, they waited until round three to help um, Justin Fields and this offense. And they decided to go with Velas Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, man's almost 25 years old. Not, like, a super athlete. Didn't really produce until his sixth season. Got the sixth season because of COVID. Um and so I don't, I just don't love that they didn't really try to help him until now. And the wide receivers that they're throwing out there, Mooney, Jones, uh, Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, like, yeah, like we know these names, but like we know them because they're like fourth receivers on their team and just on like popular teams. And now they're all on the Bears and it's like, okay, you got a bunch of fourth receivers, but like, who's your number one? Um, well, Mooney's going to be your number one. Hopefully he can take a step up now that Robinson's gone. We'll see how that goes, but I don't know. I just don't love that they aren't really giving Justin Fields the help he needs, and with the new coaching staff coming in, you wonder, like, are they brought into Justin Fields? Like, they're just kind of being like, okay, go out there. You can you can do this. They didn't really get anyone in free agency. They didn't really get anyone in the draft. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, makes, it really makes you wonder if they're just going to 
move on from Justin Fields fast because they're like, oh, look, he can't perform. He didn't do good, but he didn't have anyone around him. Um, I do like that in the last three rounds, they did go after, was that four? Yeah, four different offensive linemen. Um, just covering their grounds. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, two of these started just, like, they're, the Bears' offensive line is just not good right now, and um, look for at least like one or two of these guys to come in and compete for a starting gig right away and even win it out. Um, hopefully they can turn into something special. I don't really know too much about them. Um, I know Zach Thomas out of SDSU. He was a tackle for us, but he's going to be a guard at the next level. He just physically, like that's how he lined up, and SDSU was a very run-heavy offense. So he should come in and be a solid run blocker out the gate, but I don't know too much about his pass protection and then everyone else. Yeah, don't really can't really speak too much on them. Um, next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think Daxon Hill is a pretty good value at they're at thirty one, um, probably like the second best safety in this class, and um, they can run some three safety rotations with Jesse Bates and Von Bell, um, and he should start over Von Bell. I would expect him to day one. Um, if they were only doing two safety packages, but he also doesn't need to because Bell's able to hold his own. Um, I heard some talk about him at cornerback, like outside cornerback, and that's really interesting. I have no idea how that would go. Obviously, he didn't play that in college, um, different skill set, and so we'll see if that's able to um, transfer. And then the rest of this draft, I don't really know too much about these guys, um, but it is, they drafted three safeties, and I wonder if that speaks to the Jesse Bates situation at all. You got to remember, he's still franchise tagged. Um, I don't know whether or not he signed the tag, but he's not um, locked up long-term. Is this kind of them saying like, hey, look, we can replace you. So you either sign this for a cheap value or you're gone. Like, we don't need you. Um, and then I'm also surprised that they didn't address their offensive line until the fourth round. I'm guessing that means they really believe in Jackson Carmen to take the year two jump. So moving on to Cleveland Browns, um, not going to lie, these guys, I don't know too much about most of them. Um, I will speak on the guys I do know, though. Um, David Bell in the third round seems like a bit of a reach. Like, there's not much room in the NFL for a six foot one unathletic wide receiver. Like, if you look at his combine numbers, not a single measurement, like athletic performance, like his size and stuff measured good, but not a single one of those measured over the 29th percentile of wide receivers. And it's like, okay, so you're just like a slow, unathletic cornerback. Or a wide receiver who's only like six one, like at least if you're like six four, six five, it's like oh I, you can be like a red zone threat, throw it up to you. But yeah, I, I'm not too fond of that pick. And then Perron Winfrey though, I think could be a steal in round four. Um, good pass rusher out of Oklahoma, and I believe he he was the Senior Bowl MVP or defensive MVP. Don't know entirely how that works. Um, I don't watch kicker film, but Cade York in the fourth, like, you're really going to draft a kicker in the fourth. I guess, like, two punters were drafted in the fourth, too. I didn't really make a comment about that other than saying it should have been Ariza. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Kicker in the fourth. Um, <laughs> moving on to Jerome Ford, the running back out of Cincinnati. I like that part of the – pretty much everyone out of Cincinnati, especially in the later rounds, I'm going to like. Like, they just – I love that they took this culture and made it a winning culture. Like, I feel like that means so much more than people talk about. And I like the fact that they doubled up on wide receiver and edge. When you got positions of need, hit them multiple times, and you're more likely to you're more likely to land a blow. Um, so I'm yeah, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Tyler Smith, I I like that pick. A lot of people were kind of like eh, about it. Like there was Dale, Dylan Radunes there, um, could have been a day one starter at right tackle. 
um, not Dylan Ray Dunes, um, that was last year, uh, Bernard Raymond, who ended up slipping like the third, which is ridiculous, but um, anyways, Tyler Smith, he's only like 20 years old coming out of Tulsa, which is like, okay, like, damn, like, this guy's got some upside if he's got, and he's got confidence, like, to be like, hey, I'm declaring early, early as an offensive lineman out of Tulsa. Um, I believe uh, Jerry Jones says he's going to start at guard, left guard, um, and then eventually down the road, um, take over when Tyron Smith retires or if he gets too old or demands too much money, yada, 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 whatever. Tyler Smith, like, down the line is going to be tackled, kind of like how they started Leo Collins out at guard and then moved him over to tackle. Um, Sam Williams, I feel like, is the type of athlete you want to gamble on, but it does seem kind of early taking him in the back end of the fourth, second round. Um, yeah, fourth round, that would have been a good... Um, but I do like how they're addressing their edge position. I was kind of worried that they're going to, they were going to just stick Parsons there and have him be like, okay, you're just the edge two now, or edge, probably edge one over tank Lawrence. Um, I like how they're going with multiple edges still. That way they can keep using Parsons in this versatile role, you know? Um, Jalen, uh, Tolbert in the third round could be like a major steal. Um, they don't really have, like, it's not the same one, two, three as they had last year, but it still should be good. And he brings that, um, just brings in like another threat to the offense, and then Jalen Ferguson or Jake Ferguson at the tight end. Um, I really like that getting him in the back end of the fourth round, and he could be your replacement for Dalton Schultz in case you don't want to fork up the money, or in case you can't fork up the money because you're paying your running back to like forty million dollars a year. Not actually, but you know, um, day one though, Jake Ferguson should be a pretty solid tight end, um, tight end two for them. And then I like how once again they address offensive line multiple times. Um, I always love when teams do that, address cornerback. Um, and they got a couple linebackers on there. So next up, we got the Denver Broncos. And obviously, they didn't pick until like the end of the second round because of the Russell Wilson trade. Um, and I believe their first pick is like, that's exactly where you want to take Nick Benito. Um, super high at pass rush, upside edge rusher. That's what I was trying to say. Super high edge rusher, upside edge rusher out of Oklahoma. Um, speed rusher type guy. Um, just where's he going to land on the Vic Beasley, um, Caleb Von Chase on to Von Miller scale? You know, is he going to be just this guy who just has no power and yeah, I can run around tackles every once in a while, but once they learn to get wide, it's like, okay, now what are you going to do? Or is he going to develop his moves, develop his strengths and what the Broncos were able to do with Von Miller? Obviously Miller coming in with a much higher baseline of production and speed and talent, frankly, um, but yeah, I think Nick Benino's got a real chance to work out here. They also like have developed edges like crazy here with um, Malik Reed, undrafted free agent Shalik, uh, not Shalik, um, Shaq Barrett a couple years ago. So yeah, I, I really like this pick and I think it's a really good fit for them. They needed edge to help desperately too. Um, and then Greg Dolchitz, the tight end out of UCLA, he's a downfield threat for them. Um, now they got two pretty solid receiving options at tight end. Obviously, they traded away Nova fans, but Albert O is nothing to gawk at. Like he he ran a pretty good forty, more of a straight line speed guy. Dolchitz is more of a versatile tight end and will actually run real routes for you, be more than just like a deep threat or a red zone threat. Um, something that they need in that offense. And then yeah, um, rest of the class don't really know too much about. Um, like how they addressed once again cornerback multiple times. Um, didn't do that with any other position. Oh, they got a couple edges too, two edges. So I like that too. Um, next up, Detroit Lions, and man, they got their guy. They ran in the pick so fast, Raiden Hutchinson, that apparently the league was upset. Don't know if you guys saw that, um, because they turned the card in in less than a minute. The NFL actually was upset because they broke the unwritten rule that creates more drama. 
Um, but hey, like, can you blame him? Like, local hometown kid coming and he's going to be a superstar for them. Um, so yeah, love that pick. And then I love the fact that they were able to trade up to um, 12, um, not giving up too much, like just doing a pick swap in the second with Minnesota and then giving up like another fifth or something like that. Or maybe it was the third. I don't know. It was still, no matter what it was, like, you got Jamison Williams. Like, he was my wide receiver one. Um, just because he's already shown his ability as a route runner is different than most speedy guys. Like his stop and start ability, his able he's able to use his speed on more than just one level. You know, he's able to hit the different gears. Be like, okay, let's run on like second gear here, and then boom, kick it up to fifth gear and get by him. Um, able to get in cornerback's blind spot, and that's when he makes his move, and the cornerback's just lost because he's got blazing speed. Um. And I like how the Lions are building this team. They're building it from around the quarterback so that they can win with Jared Goff. Jared Goff's proven that he's a quarterback who can win. He made it to a Super Bowl. However, when the quarterback does present themselves to the Lions, they're going to be in a position where they can be like, okay, now let's take him and win. And I just, like, the Lions are fucking killing this rebuild. Like, I'm sorry, I... Um, I love what the Lions are doing, and honestly, I really like the Lions jersey. I might have to get me a Jamison Williams jersey down the line. Like, man, this the Lions are getting me hyped right now. Uh, so, moving on to the second round, Josh Pascal. Um, once again, double digit dipping at edge. The edge group is super deep now. They got the Aquara brothers and um, Charles Harris. That's his name. Um, former first round pick who kind of reflamed here in Detroit. Um, so they got like five competent edge rushers now. That rotation is going to be nasty. Look for um, Hutch played inside early in his career. I wonder if they're going to put him inside a tiny bit. Um, maybe like four or five technique, you know, just to get all these different weapons out on the field at once. Um, super excited to see how uh, Dan Campbell and this defense is going to run. Or Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator. Um, Kirby Joseph in the third, pretty good value. Should be a solid starter opposite of Tracy Walker. And then, yeah, the rest of these guys don't. Don't really know too much, but I just think the first their first three picks. Whew, oh my god! If you're a Lions fan, like you should have optimism for the first time in a while. Um, and then Green Bay Packers. Uh, so actually, overall, like this draft, I I like, but their first round is kind of like man, Quay Walker, <laughs> really. Like I heard all this stuff about him being a potential first round pick, and I'm like, nah, like he like. He wasn't even the best linebacker on his team. Like, uh, and they're picking a linebacker too in the first round. Like, I get it. There's no wide receivers left on the board. Uh, but all these other teams made moves to go up and get their guy. Like, that's why there was no none left. They were like, hey, I see a guy. I want the guy. I'm going to get that guy. Um, and so even then, like, why are you, why are you drafting a linebacker? You could have drafted, like, Tyler Smith or, like, a, like an offensive lineman because you've got four guys right now. But, like, you still need a fifth. Um, they address that later in the draft, though. <laughs> it's like, the problem I have with this pick is that when you poke at it, it's like, okay, well, like, where else would they have gone? Like, everywhere you say, like, oh, they could have gotten this later. It's like, oh, yeah, they did get that later. Um, I just think you also could have gotten, like, a linebacker later instead. Like, say, instead of Quay, Lock, uh, Quay Walker, you draft um, yeah, Tyler Smith, the next offensive lineman taken. And you plug him in, add one of the guard or tackles positions. Um, versatility with Elton Jenkins really gives you, like, a plus with that. You can choose, like, put out your best five offensive linemen. So say you do that. Instead, you draft him. Um, 
Tyler Smith, and then in the third round you draft like Channing Tindall or um, Leo Chanel was still there. Like man, I just there's other places I think you could have gone, and if you really wanted a linebacker to that badly, like I don't know, kind of confuses me. Um, I do like the Devontae Wyatt picks though, uh, pass rusher or interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's more of a pass rushing type though. Um, yeah, he's kind of like. Out of Dean Lowry was on the team last year, but he's the Dean Lowry replacement. You know, the three technique that's going to rush the passer next to Kenny Clark, like that. Um, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and Rashawn Gary, and then Preston Smith, too. Like, that's a pretty good pass rushing. And then Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell, really good linebackers, cornerbacks, the secondary set. This might be the number one defense in the league. Like, I'll look at it more later. Like when I do my um, team by team breakdown, but man, the Packers are killing it on defense. So although I don't love the Quay Walker pick, like when you look at their unit as a whole, it's like damn, that's that's pretty nice. Um, and then they trade up; they actually get aggressive and get Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State, and six four, sub four four guy with crazy high potential, just kind of struggles with hands. And the kind of subtle nuances of route running and being a wide receiver um, also wasn't super productive at North Dakota State. So like, but if anyone's going to get that the best out of him, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. So this is probably the best spot for Watson. Um, I think I personally would have gone George Pickens here, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to go with three straight Georgia guys or something. I don't know. I, I love George Pickens. So I'm huge on him. Um, it's very interesting, though, because I feel like he's very similar to Marquise Valdez-Scantling, so it's kind of like what Tennessee did, um, just replacing one receiver with another, I guess. Um, I think it will work out, though, um, optimistic for Christian Watts' future as a Green Bay Packer. I didn't want to sound like a downer on that, sorry. Um, yeah, and then I like how they double-dip at wide receiver here, and then um, offensive line, too, getting Romeo Dubs, wide receiver of Nevada, later, and then um, Sean Ryan and Zach Tom, Zach Tom could be, like, the steal of the draft. He can play any five position. He's just Elton Jenkins, but a little worse. Um, so, yeah, he'll probably, like, honestly be, like, a swing tackle for them. Or maybe he'll even a starting guard. And then Sean Ryan, he was picked early, so I'm expecting him to win out the starting guard job and then probably put Elton Jenkins out at tackle. Um, and then Kingsley and Agbury is a, could be a potential steal all the way down there at in the back end of the fifth round um he just beat up on sec offensive linemen and i don't think he had like the highest pass rushing grades or anything like that and didn't have like a ton of production but coming from the sec just like kind of looked the part and to get him at the back end of the fifth round like heck yeah take the flyer that's where you want to hit on these guys like after the first what like 120 150 picks it's just like okay like someone with high upside might as well like it's all dart throws. Like, the entire draft is dart, throw, dart throws, if we're being honest, but especially on day three. Like, might as well just close your eyes and throw a, board, a dart at your draft board. Um, so, I really... I don't I just... I like the Indagbury pick, that long way of saying that. <laughs> and then the Houston Texans. Um, Derek Stingley. Yes, he was the first cornerback off the board. That's what I wanted to see. Um, like, he's my favorite cornerback in this class, and I'm glad the Texans agree at his upside. You just don't pass on that. He's a generational cornerback talent. Um, Yeah, so is Sauce Gardner, but, like, Stingley just... Cornerback play is so inconsistent year after year that the fact that Stingley was able to show, like, number one cornerback potential at 
18 years old, like that's that's where you want to take your shot on. Um, Kenyon Green at 15 traded down, so I like how, the fact that they were tra- they traded down and they got their guy. Um, I had Zion Johnson rated higher than him, but maybe they like the versatility, can play some tackle. Most likely will play guard though and have Titus Howard out there at tackle. Um, don't love it, don't hate it. Like he fills a need and makes the offensive line better, so you can't really dog on him too much. And then Jalen Petrie in the second round, that's a killer pick too. Um, versatile slot corner at Baylor, but he's got the athletic profile of a safety. So we'll see how he's used in Lovey Smith's defense there in Houston. Um, John Mechie the third, he apparently cleared his medical stuff that was kind of pushing him out of the first round. So good to see that. Hopefully he can reach his upside. Like Alabama, obviously wide receiver U right now. Um, them or LSU, honestly, both of them are killing it, pumping these guys out. Um, or Ohio State, damn. There's a lot of good wide receivers coming into the league right now. Um, but anyways, like, yeah, Mechie, definitely, like, I'm glad he's going to a spot. And I hope that he buys in and they believe in him. Um, he also doesn't need to take all the pressure right away. They already got Brandon Cooks there. There's Nico Collins, the third-round pick from last year. Um, so he can come in, hopefully be a number two right away, but if not, he can still be like a number three and not like have to deal with all that. Um, Christian Harris in the third round can be a potential steal. Um, he's a thumping linebacker from Alabama with like elite athleticism. So just the middle of the third round, good spot to take someone like that. And then I like taking Damian Pierce in the fourth round. Um, give us some juice in the backfield that they aren't really getting with David Johnson. Um, yeah. And so the Indianapolis Colts, um, pretty good draft haul, but they don't have a first-round pick because of Carson Wentz, who they traded away. Luckily, they were able to recoup some of the, that capital by trading Carson Wentz away again. Um, Alec Pierce should be a pretty solid wide receiver. I don't know if he has that wide receiver one upside, like, but he's 6'3 with like 4'4 speed. Should be a really solid deep threat for them. Hopefully, they, um, hopefully Michael Pittman then is able to be that number one, and then Alec Pierce can be a really nice complimentary number two. Um, I like the Jelani Wood picks too, or Jelani Woods pick too. Um, he's got tight end one potential to replace Doyle, but Mo Ali Cox is there right now, so he doesn't have to step up and have this crazy role. Uh, Bernard Raymond, he's going to be the left tackle day one. Like, just book it. He's only been playing tackle for a few years now, but has just, like, really nice technical footwork and really good... Um, Really good run blocking already, really good. He was a tight end um, just like four years ago and just transformed his body into being one of the best tackles in college football. And to get that in the back end of the, or the middle of the third round, like that's just crazy value. Like the Colts should be thanking their stars. Um, and then Cross is like Nick Cross out of Maryland. The safety is a athletic, rangy, deep safety that you need in, cover, in um, Gus Bradley's cover three type system. So... Um, look for him to be starting sooner rather than later. He's not really uh, much of a get-in-your-face tackler type. Like, he can't do that stuff, but look for him just to be, like, the deep safety in this role, and he should excel in it. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, so they did it. They they drafted Trayvon Walker, number one overall, the edge out of Georgia. Um, they're saying that they're going to line him up as a true edge and just let him, like, pin his ears back and rush the passer, which I do like. Like, they don't want... Part of like the reason why Trayvon Walker wasn't consensus number one for most people was he played all these different roles at Georgia, so he wasn't able to show like, hey, I'm good. 
Um, he was overshadowed by like everyone else in that Georgia defense, but he was playing his role how he should, and that was what made the defense so good. Like everyone doing their job instead of having individual performance, and he just a crazy freak athlete. So if he hits, like this is gonna be, we're gonna look back on this and be like, oh yeah, of course he was the number one overall pick. But if he doesn't, eh. and this is also the team that drafted Caleb on Chase on a couple years ago, same type of deal except for much lower level athleticism, but they still like they weren't able to develop him. So we'll see. Hopefully they do. Obviously, like he's got the potential. That's why he went number one overall. But we'll see how this all plays out. And then Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah, like, I don't understand the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. Like, they hired Urban Meyer last year. That whole mess. And then they got, like, they hired Doug Peterson, who, like, gave nothing to the Eagles at the end of his tenure. Like, after Frank Reich left, like, Nothing was really happening there. They kept Trent Baalke, who was ran out of San Francisco and being like, everyone's wearing clown masks to your games because they want this man fired. And apparently Baalke's like disagreeing with Peterson and Shahid Khan, the owner, about who they should draft number one overall. And now they trade up into the first round to draft a linebacker when they had Miles Jack. One of the best young linebackers in the league. Like, yeah, he had a down year last year, but you guys sucked. That's why. Like, you, a linebacker is dependent on what's around him, and nothing was around him, so he wasn't as good. So what do they do? They cut him, take a $5 million cap hit, sign for Foyasad Aluakun. Um, messed up that name. Foyasad Aluakun. And then they trade up in the first round to draft Devin Lloyd to be their second linebacker. Like, yes, Devin Lloyd, he's going to kill it. He's going to probably be their number one linebacker because Foyside is the number two linebacker. That's what he was in Atlanta. That's what he's going to be here in Jacksonville. And later, they draft Chad Muma in the third round to be their third linebacker. Like, what are they doing, man? I Do they not know that linebacker is in a valuable position? Do they not know that running back is an invaluable position the way they freaking drafted ETN in the first round last year after they found James Robinson as an undrafted free agent? This team, man, I don't understand them. <sighs> Sorry. It, this is probably my least favorite draft looking at it. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand. Um, Luke Fortner in the, in the third round, I I don't hate it. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Um, he's going to bring that, like, nasty run-blocking mentality, though. Um, so I like that. Like, he's a big, tough guy. Wants to get in your face. Um, there's a couple other interior offensive linemen I'll talk about later that I probably would have preferred over him. But, you know, when it gets to the third round, the um, delineation between the guys, like, okay, cool. This this is the guy you prefer. So that's okay. Whew. Sorry. Got a little worked up there. <laughs> All right. And then... Um, so after talking about my least favorite draft, this is probably my favorite draft. Like, I know I said that about Baltimore before. Baltimore knocked out of the park, but they also were drafting, like, 14th overall. A bit easier to do that. But when you're drafting 30th overall, when you're the Kansas City Chiefs, already one of the best teams in the league, and you do this? Oh, my goodness. Like, Trent McDuffie in the first round. Great value. I... This entire Josh process, I no way thought he was getting past 12 in Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota traded down, and then just no one else wanted him, I guess. Like, And Kansas City was like, 
We'll take him. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And he's got, um, yeah, he's a bit on the smaller side. But, like, you see it in the NFL, the way the passing game is changing, be less physical because of all these penalties. Um, these guys are able to survive out there. And if not, maybe they plan on using him in the Tyron Matthew role. Like, he has the physical ability to do that. Just, like, either way, that's well worth it. And they stay pat at 30 and get George Karloftis, probably, like, the third best edge rusher out in the league or in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if day one, this man was the best edge rusher of this class. Like, I don't think five years down the line he will be. Maybe he'll be, like, the fifth from this class. But day one, he's a strong power rusher with all these different versatile moves that he used in college. Like, yeah, he didn't have one go-to move that was like, oh, man, the offense tackle stays up at night, having nightmares about it. But he was able to hit him with different things that worked to various degrees of success. And I was just going to go into the NFL, get better coaching, get better strength and conditioning, and just get fucking better, man. Oh, the, the, the Chiefs killed the first round. And then what do they do? They draft Sky, Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan, in the second round. That's your Tyreek Hill replacement right there. Yes, he's not Tyreek Hill. I understand that. He's slower. He's a bit taller, actually, at 5'10". It's funny to say. But he's with this small wide receiver who wins with speed, elusiveness, um, the combination of him, MBS, and Juju, I believe, actually cover like all three of Tyree Kill's uh, abilities. And then, guy that they've had for a while, the fast guy, um, Miko Hardman, like all four of those guys, I feel like, instead of having Tyree Kill, the one guy who can do it all, now they kind of have the four roles separated into four different guys. And I think this could make their offense even better because now, instead of being like, oh, Tyree Kill's this one guy who's going to do it all, and we can just put him anywhere, it's going to be like, oh, now we have all, like, Four Tyree kills on the field doing the one specific thing that Tyree kill does. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, like obviously the D, like you would rather have Tyree kill than Skymore. No, no doubt about it. But Skymore can do a thing that Tyree kill does, bring that element to the offense that they lost when they traded away Tyree kill. And the other wide receivers you have there have that element too. Obviously, having Tyree Kill lined up out there, the defense is going to be like, okay, what's he going to do? Skymore lined up there, you know a bit more what he's going to do. So that's like the. That's right, you'd rather have Tyreek Hill, but still, like, ah. And then they got um, Brian Cook in the back end of the th uh, second round. Once Safety out of Cincinnati. Once again, love love Cincinnati guys. Like, um, he's not going to be anything special, I believe, but he's going to be a solid, solid starter opposite Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. Um, those are three pretty solid safeties, if you ask me. And then Leo Chanel at the end of the third round, like, what is that, the last pick, number 39 of the third round, wouldn't be surprised. A major steal. I thought he had, I thought he was going to go in the first round of New England. Um, 6'3", 250, with 4'5 speed. He was 99th percentile in um, the 20-yard shuttle and bench press. 97th percentile in vert. 95th percentile in broad. 91th first percentile in three cone. Yeah, he's not the best in coverage right now, but he's got the athleticism. And if they can just take him fine-tune him he's already a very solid um run stuffer like big strong guy he just huck and shuck him out of the way and oh man they they killed this draft as a Raider fan i hate to say it but they killed it and then they got darian Kennard, the guard out of kentucky who might be better than his teammate who went to jacksonville in the third round a uh, pick before like he's also going to bring that like nasty run blocking mentality um He's probably going to be a backup right now, but maybe he's a long-term um, replacement at guard for Thune, like down way down the line. 
Um, maybe they need to pick a case out to tackle if they don't want to pay Orlando Brown. I don't know. But either way, when you got a guy like that sitting there in the fifth round, you take him. Um, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. My Raiders do not have a first-round pick this year, and I'm glad because in case you couldn't see, I'm wearing a Cleo Mack jersey. Um, they aren't able to break my heart this year. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Um, and they actually, for the first time since since they drafted Cleo Mack, I feel like they've had like a pretty solid draft. Like, yeah, they've got a good players like Max Crosby. They drafted Amari Cooper, traded him later, obviously. But they've drafted good guys, but I don't feel like they've had a solid overall draft, at least like, like 2019. They are not picking up any of those first-year options, you know? Like, really, guys? Um, this one, I feel like, is different. Dylan Parham, I think he's going to be a starter day one. Um, guard out of Memphis. He, I thought, was going to be in the second-round pick. Um, I was at work on Friday at work. So I I bartend. Um, so I saw a TV. I watched it happen. I, I watched the Raiders pick, and I was like, Dylan Parm, he's there. I thought he was long gone, like no way. I was like, okay, what guy am I going to be disappointed in this year? And, man, I was excited to see Parm. Uh, major upgrade to the offensive line that needed it. And then... Samir White, the running back out of Georgia, um, high upside guy and brings power. He's probably definitely faster than Josh Jacobs brings, but and brings a similar skill set. Um, but it's kind of strange that they drafted a running back like an RB three in the third round or fourth round. Sorry, um, I think this might be the end of Josh Jacobs in for the Raiders. Which, like, I'm sad as a Raiders fan, but also like I feel like that is the right move to make. Um, I feel like there's always just been something missing in Jacob's tenure as a Raider. Um, especially the fact that they drafted Britton Brown out of um, UCLA in the seventh round, like two running backs. I, I, I just feel like the the Raiders are going with the more the smarter approach, honestly, with running back by committee here. And I like that. I actually do like that a lot. But I'm, I am curious why they drafted multiple in the second round while they already have Josh Jacobs on the first round contract and... Um, which is then Kenyon Drake on like a top 11 running back contract like that's a lot of investment in the running back position and I, just, I don't see why they didn't couldn't just wait another year to invest but hey maybe they'll prove me long, wrong and then I like how they double up on interior defensive line and then um, Munford was a tackle at Ohio State but it'll probably play guard at the next level so I like how they double up on those two positions because those are definitely positions of weakness um, next up, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. And, um, yeah, they had a solid overall draft. Zion Johnson in the first round, uh, best O-lineman available for them. And that's where you want to take really good guards. Um, plug and play day one. And I'm going to kind of skip around here and go to Jamari Saylor in the sixth. Um, he definitely slipped. And there's a chance that these are the two starting guards and they'll kick Matt Filer out to right tackle. Because in case you didn't watch Charger football last year, Storm Norton got absolutely destroyed multiple times. He's the one of the reasons they lost that final game of the year to the Raiders. Because Max Crosby just ate his lunch. It was, it, I felt like calling it the cops. It was murder out there. <laughs> um, they got JT Woods, the safety out of Baylor. Um, super fast guy, but not really a run support guy at all. Like Really piss poor in that aspect. Um, should be just a deep guy for them. And if he if he's able to stay in that deep role, he should be a stud. Um, and yeah, the rest of the guys don't really know too much about. I know Isaiah Spiller is very like 
high and low for some people. We'll see how he does here in Los Angeles. Um, and then getting that fullback in the seventh round, not much to say about that. All right. So with the Los Angeles Rams, um, kind of like the Browns earlier, like when you're drafting first and third round at pick 40, I'm not really going to know these guys. Um, Logan Bruss is a better um, pass blocker than he is a run blocker. Um, should be at least like a serviceable starter right away. And then I like the positions they targeted. They targeted, they had four picks in this um, secondary. Uh, they, every year, they, they're pumping these guys out like candy, like, and the league's just snatching them from them because they don't have the money to repay them. Um, Darius Williams, Troy Hill. I think they didn't just actually trade it back for Troy Hill. But anyways, they just got these guys, um, Josh Johnson, and just pumping them out. And people are snagging them up. So smart for them to keep on keep on doing what they're doing because it's working. Um, and then the Miami Dolphins, they drafted... Channing Tindall in the third round. Um, athletic linebacker should be a pretty solid starter for them. Him and Elondi, Elondi Roberts, is that how you say it? Something something like that. Um, I'm curious, though, why they didn't draft offensive line. Uh, I feel like that's a mistake. They need to help improve that offensive line. So, like, yeah, I know they signed a couple guys in free agency, but that's just not a reason to ignore it. Um, have you seen Tyron Armstead play a full season? I haven't. So I don't know why you want to at least draft someone who can play like three or four games for you. I don't know. That's, uh, what do I know? I'm just some guy recording a podcast. Um. Anyways, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the the draft. I feel like the players they got are good, but I don't. I didn't like the trade back. Um. But they got Lewis Seen, who's going to be a very solid starter for them, and down the line replace Smith. Um. So I don't hate it, but I think that I would have preferred if they stayed put and drafted McDuffie there. Um, however, they were, oh, wait, no, Andrew Booth was their pick, at, like just the pick that they had, um, and I love it. If he can stay healthy, I guess there were some injury concerns. That's why he fell out of the first round. Um, that could be a better deal, getting Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth versus, like, I don't know what safety was there. Petrie was already taken, so maybe they would have had to trade up to get a safety that they liked. Either way, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, Ed Ingram's a solid guard. Should be a good starter for them right away. Um, came in really high upside guy. and Or came in as a true freshman. Showed really high upside. and But then some sexual assault allegations that were dropped. Um, and he came back and just wasn't the same guy. Hopefully he can pick it back up in the NFL. We'll see about that. Asamoah should be a good um, weak side linebacker. And he can learn under Eric Kendricks, who's one of the best cover linebackers in the league. He's got athleticism to be that same guy, but um, we'll see if he can pick it up mentally. And then I like the way they double dip at um, cornerback with Caleb Evans. So moving on to the New England Patriots. Let me fix this in my notes. Um, so Cole Strange, he definitely seems like a stretch, but I'm glad that they at least were able to trade back as a Raiders fan. Um, I've seen... Many a drafts go by where we just stay put and draft Cleland Farrell fourth overall. Um, so at least they were able to get some value back and then draft the guy who he, like, was there really another guard that you were taking, like, instead of him? So, yeah, maybe they could have drafted Tyler Smith at 21 overall, but I don't Don't hate it. Like, I don't think it should be getting dragged through the mud as much as it is, especially because the Patriots kind of, like, 
the Patriots way. You know, they, they know what they're doing, but it is very strange. <laughs> All right, and then Tyquan Thornton, um, he's fast, but, like, is he much more than that? He's going to come in and be their number uh, four wide receiver at best with Devontae Parker probably being their number one, and then... Um, why am I blanking on their name? Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and then now Taekwon Thornton's going to be your fourth. But then he's actually going to be like your sixth receiving option because you also got Hunter Henry and um, Tennessee guy from a couple years ago. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, Johnny Smith. Okay. Didn't even type up when they typed it in okay anyways um so he's gonna be your like sixth option in the receiving game right away and mac jones historically known for his cannon of arm obviously gonna be able to get it downfield like yeah okay mac jones doesn't have a week on i'm just messing around but it's like don't entirely understand this pick especially with um george pickens on the board still like huge pickens guy if you couldn't tell <laughs> um marcus jones I, I do like that pick he is Super good, just small. He's got high upside, though. Like, as I said, like, these cornerbacks are coming in and able to play small. But, like, just because they are able to play small doesn't mean they will. We'll see if Marcus Jones is able to continue to be these trend buckers and being like, hey, no, like, us tiny dudes can play. Uh, but I do like how they double down and get Jack Jones, the cornerback out of Arizona State. Don't know too much about him, but once again, double down. Thumbs up for me. Um, and then Pierre Strong Jr., He's a home run threat. I think he had like he had a bunch of seventy five yard touchdowns. I forgot how many, just like a good amount. But it was at say uh, South Dakota State, so there was that caveat. Um, but same thing as like the Raiders. Like why why running back in the third or running back three in the fourth round? Because um, they got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I guess that's a Patriots way. Just have a ton of running backs, and then Bailey Zappi in the back end of the fourth really now um man sam howell i feel like got the boot like you're taking bailey zappy over the man i i don't understand that i mean carson strong too like his knees really messed up so i get i get it but i, I still would rather have carson strong and, and especially sam howell like wow. Wow. Wow, wow 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 um new orleans saints gave up everything in the world for chris olave the wide receiver out of ohio state um I love Olave. Olave, I felt like, was going to be, like, a sneaky best wide receiver. Like, oh, picked in the 20s, like, Jamar, um, not Jamar, um, Justin Jefferson a couple years ago. And I was, like, I was wanting to say a couple years down the line, like, oh, I knew he was better than what he was going to, um, what people were saying, like, where his draft position was. And then the Saints give up, like, a future first, uh, future second, like, third, fourth, all these picks for um, him to get up to 11. It's like, really? Oh. Okay, well, like, now if he isn't anything short of Justin Jefferson, is that worth it? I'm going to say no, and which I hate because I loved Chris Olave watching him. But he's just going to have to be one of the best wide receivers we've seen in order to make up for this. And I don't think he will be. Like, he's going to be a really solid number two opposite Michael Thomas, but much more than that, I don't know. And then Trevor Penning, I like this pick. Um, nasty run blocker, has a ton of work to do in um, pass protection and was a um, FCS level player, so we'll need to catch up with the speed of the game. And then they come back with Alante Taylor, the cornerback out of Tennessee. Like, who? Um, I I didn't know about him, honestly. Um, looking into him a bit, he's, got a, he's a good athlete. I didn't... I know I said I wouldn't talk too much about guys I don't know too much, but 
if they're picked in the second round, I'm like, okay, I, I at least got to, like, say something. I can't just be like, okay, don't know him. Um, but it looks like he's a he tested really well, good athlete, six foot one, one ninety, um, and he started as a true freshman, but then didn't really show much development after that, and he was just had inconsistent play, and apparently that makes you a second round pick. Um, do they not like Paulson and Debo? Like I'm just confused by this pick, man. Like what what you what you do in New Orleans? Like, you already got a really solid second. I don't know. Um, this might be like my second. Not that I'm, like, going back and looking over this. This is probably my second least favorite draft. Like, it's not Jacksonville. Jacksonville made me mad. This one just confused me. Like, what you doing? Really? Chris Olave? Trevor Penning's eight. Um, good value. 19. That's what that's where you want to take him. But Alante Taylor. What? I don't know. Um, Jordan Jackson does have good upside, though. Sixth round. Um, take a fly on him. Don't hate it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to New the New York Giants. And, man, this is... Right back to a really confusing draft for me. Uh, I love the first round. Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, the edge and offensive tackle. Those might be the edge one and offensive tackle one, and they got them at five and seven. Like, oh, you guys killed it. Um, Thibodeau's just like, he has the same, if not higher upside as Trayvon Walker, but he's also productive. Wow, what a concept. Um, Sorry, Jacksonville. Um, So I just think that's, really good for them to take a swing at him i love it i don't really care about this off-field issues like okay cool he has other talent like other talents other hobbies like we're all human can we do that stuff um and then evan neal uh i he was my tackle one um i originally had charles cross above him but i switched them up because he is just a physical like freakish athlete like i didn't get to test at the combine because of his injury but um, he looks like he's 280 and he's like 320 or whatever he is, some crazy number like that, 6'8", 320. And he's a better pass blocker than Iquan, um, Iquanu and a better run blocker than Cross. And yeah, he's worse at the other two aspects of, um, like he's a worse run blocker than Iquanu and worse pass protector than Cross. But I think just the balance of Evan Neal um, makes him OT1 for me and get him at 7, like heck yeah. Good job. And then you come back and get Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver out of Kentucky. And it's like, uh, does it mean you're replacing Tooney? But you said you aren't going to trade Tooney? Like, I feel like he's redundant with Tooney. Um, and if not, like, I don't really see him having much of a role outside of the slot where you already got uh, Sterling, St- Sterling, St- Sterling Shepard. Wow, I cannot say that name. Um, so, yeah, that, that one's kind of a head scratcher for me. I don't really understand it too much, but. We'll see how they use him and deploy him. Um, I think if they really wanted to get someone, they should have gotten like a. If they wanted to reach on a wide receiver, they could have gotten Tyquan Thornton, um, or they could have gone with like a George Pickens. They already had. Um, I I still believe in Kenny Galladay. He just had a down year. He's a true X wide receiver. Um, Tony, I think is going to develop and be a really solid number two, and then Shepard's a slot. Maybe he's just a long term replacement for Shepard because. Um, yeah, Shepard's not the best, so could see him getting on the way out. Um, still, still confusing. And then don't really know anyone else other than Daniel Bellinger. Shout out SDSU again. I actually met him, shook his hand, because I saw him at the gym benching three plates and wearing NFL gear, and I was like, no way. Is this, like, is this Spelly? And went up, talked to him, and thought that was pretty sick. Um, and he's another one of these high upside tight ends that has, that has shown the receiving bil- ability. Like, he was probably our best re- receiving option, 
but we just ran the ball a lot. We had piss poor quarterback play and just didn't get to show his true potential. So I look for him to break out of New York and be like kind of like a Dalton um, Knox from Buffalo sort of deal or Foster Moreau with the Raiders. Um, yeah. This is next up to the New York Jets and another killer draft for them. Um, oh, man, I can't. Joe Douglas, that's it. Joe Douglas, their GM, is just knocking this out of the park right now, and I'm loving it. I'm super excited. The Jets, like a year or two down the line, I see them competing for playoffs and Super Bowl if they continue on this path. They got Ahmad Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. Um, he's going to be the Darrell Revis. Like, yeah, he was my cornerback too, but just because he's my cornerback too doesn't mean he's not a stud. He didn't give up a touchdown in college. Like, yeah, he wasn't playing um, Power 5 every week, but, like, that's still super impressive. He His team, once again, one of these Cincinnati guys who lost, he lost two games in his last two years there. Um, just love the pick. Absolute home run. I'm glad they went with it too because there's a lot of talk like, oh, Jets don't like to draft cornerbacks. Like, what? <laughs> Um, just because the regime in the past hasn't doesn't mean that they won't in the future, you know. They also drafted a safety at seven. Um, so Garrett Wilson, <laughs> moving on, he can be a true number one wide receiver for them, I believe. Um, and he pushes everyone else down the depth chart, which is wonderful. Um, the Wilson to Wilson connection is going to be electric. Corey Davis is best suited as a two. Rondo Moore is going to now move. Elijah Moore, sorry, is now going to move into the slot. And, yeah, that one, two, three, I feel like it's going to be nasty. Apparently, Denzel Mims is killing it in the offseason programs, too, whatever that means. Um, either way, just love the Garrett Wilson pick. Like, this is where I've been mocking him for a while. I think I just had one mock where I put Jameson Williams here instead. But either way, like, love it. Um, and then a trade back up into the first round without giving up too, too much to grab Jermaine Johnson, who you were thinking about at four, like, yeah, I didn't think he was worth a top 10 pick, but like at 26, heck yeah, go get your guy. And now you got him and Carl Lawson with, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, the Franklin, John Franklin Myers. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. That might not be it, but um, those three off the edge and then Franklin Myers can kick inside too. Um, hopefully Quinn and Williams takes another step forwards. Um, you got CJ Mosley as a linebacker, cornerbacks now are sauce and, um, Brees Hall with a dude from um, Seattle coming in, too, to play slot. And you got, um, hopefully your safeties can take a step up. Marcus May is leaving. That's obviously a concern. Um, but so this defense is coming together well under Robert Salah. Um, and then they get Brees Hall in the top of the second. He was my uh, top running back out of the guys I saw. I didn't really go too much into running backs because uh, running backs, you know, so um, I'm not like super sold on, oh, he's the number one running back, great pick, but he was like, yeah, he, if you're going to take a running back, he's the running back I think you should take, and yeah, it adds another explosive element to the, that room. Um, him and Michael Carter should be a pretty solid one-two punch. And then Jeremy Rutger out of uh, Ohio State, the tight end, he was just kind of overshadowed by all the wide receivers they had there. And so look for him to kind of have that same, like, Dawson Knox sort of deal where it's like, oh, underutilized. Um, obviously, the post support for that, if you didn't know, is, um, oh, my God, why am I blanking? George Kittle. Wow, thank you, Zach. Um, George Kittle's the post support for that, but so I don't want to, but I don't want to compare these guys to um, Kittle because they aren't going to be Kittle. Um, but to have a career arc similar to 
him would be, um, Dawson Knox would be, um, wouldn't it be surprising? Maybe a bit closer to Foster Moreau, honestly, because they did just sign CJ Uzama and um, Tyler Conklin. So we'll see if he how much playing time he gets year one, but down the line he should become their starter, I believe. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, I like how they traded up and then also traded down. Um, kind of brought that balance. Only five picks, not a ton, but, you know, whatever. They got Jordan Davis, the uh, people eater from Georgia. Um, and... Philly's got a really deep D-line, and so they're going to be rotating these guys in and out, which is perfect for him. Like, he doesn't have to be there on every down. And as he continues in the NFL, gets some strength and conditioning in, he can learn to be an every down player if they need him to, or they can just keep doing this rotation that they've had. And then in the second round, um, after trading down, they get grab Cameron Jerkins out of Nebraska, and I think that's wonderful. He's going to be the long-term replacement for Jason Kelsey. Like, this is probably Kelsey's last year. Um, that lets Dickerson stay at guard, which is where he's been practicing and playing for the last year. So it, like, makes sense. Like, okay, like, now he doesn't have to learn how to – he played center out of Alabama, but he doesn't have to, like, relearn all that. So that's nice. And Jurgens is the perfect replacement for Kelsey. Like, this super athletic bit of an undersized um, center. Grab him in the second round. And, yeah, not not to win this year, but you're going to win next year. We have two first-round picks again. Oh, my goodness, Philadelphia, killing it. I, I love you, especially with this N'Kobe Dean pick. Like, oh, he was my line. He was probably my favorite linebacker I watched. Um, I did put Devin Lloyd above him, like, when I was doing drafts and stuff, just because, like, this is my first year doing scouting and all this. Um, But watching N'Kobe Dean, like, he was my favorite out of the guys that I watched. And to get him in the third round, like, yeah, he had the injury. Hopefully, from all I'm hearing, it's not going to limit him too much in the league. And if you were concerned that he was playing behind this crazy defensive line at Georgia, well, guess what? Philadelphia's had this crazy defensive line, too. So don't worry. He's still going to be productive. He's going to be the steal of this draft in the third round, at least on the defensive side. We'll get to quarterbacks later where I think there's a bigger steal. Um. Speaking of quarterbacks and not steals, but stealers, we can go to Kenny Pickett, the quarterback picked in the first round and the only quarterback picked in the first two rounds. Um, I understand the pick. He's a local guy. He's um, got this perceived highest floor. He ran an efficient offense. He's got a bit of athleticism, but is it going to be enough to actually like do shit in the NFL? We'll see. Um, and... Yeah, I'm, I am concerned about his small hands. Like, oh, Joe Burrow is fine. Well, Joe Burrow doesn't have sub-nine-inch hands. Like, I have nine-inch hands. I guess probably right hand's better. And, like, I don't feel like my hands are big. I've never thought of myself as a big hand guy. And now you got Kenny Pickett out there, two gloves. He's going to be fumbling it, like, left and right. I'm just – I'm worried. Um, and I don't think he has this crazy high upside either. I just don't really understand the pick a ton. And it's got to sting seeing all these other quarterbacks fall – all the way to the fifth round for Sam Howell, and you picked Kenny Pickett 20th overall. Got to see if these are Steelers, but I think they killed it with the rest of the draft. Um, once again, double dipping at wide receiver. Um, I love when teams double dip, as I've said multiple times, and I think this um, four wide receivers they have here, they're gonna kill it. I think George Pickens gonna come in and be the number one. Um, he's He's probably, like, my guy out of the wide receivers. Him and Jameson Williams, like, are probably my, my favorite two wide receivers in this class. And 
Um, I know they have Deontay Johnson there right now, but I, I, I believe that Pickens will take his job. Maybe not year one, but sooner than you think he's going to be their wide receiver one, putting Deontay Johnson as a more of a complimentary role, which I think he'll thrive in, Claypool as a deep threat, and then Calvin Austin as Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, he, he's 5'8", he's small, so is Tyreek Hill. He's fast, he's electric, he's... Um, He's a gimmick guy, but also he lined up outside at Memphis. Like this, he's not just gonna be um, Jakeem Grant or whatever his name is for Jacksonville or and wherever else he's played. He's not just gonna bounce around the league like that. He's got serious upside as a true like difference maker at wide receiver. And yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I, and then they double dip again at quarterback. <laughs> Imagine that online. I have no idea who Chris Aludicon and uh, Aladukun is, but imagine if he becomes Kirk Cousins and Pickett's RG three. Um, I don't. Know, I just think that's a funny thing. But even funnier is the fact that they drafted Connor Hayward, the fullback out of Michigan State, who is brother of Cam Hayward. It's like, oh, that's cool. They drafted um, uh, their brother, who's a fullback, who's um, or the brother of the stud pass rusher, who is a fullback, and oh, like. I guess they have to cut their other fullback who, what's his name? Derek, Derek Watt? Oh, that the, the brother of the other stud pass rusher. That's, that's an awkward conversation. Hey, we're um, going to cut your brother because we signed your brother. Uh, I, yeah, I just think that's that's pretty funny. Um, then, then the Seahawks, I love that they got Charles Cross there at nine. Um, best pass protecting tackle in the class. And um, we don't know how he's going to be in run blocking just because like, he was only asked to do this asked to do that in Mike Leach's air raid offense. Um, Borea Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota, is a pretty high upside edge, um, but Seattle hasn't really given me too much confidence that they're able to develop these guys, so we'll see how that goes. Um, they haven't really developed a good pass rusher since the Legion of Boom days. Um, Kenneth Walker in the third is pretty good value. Like, he was some people's running back one, and um, the only problem is, like, now they got a pretty loaded running back room, which... There was a lot of injury there, so I guess it kind of makes sense. But, man, I want to see Rashad Penny get his chance to shine there. I see you guy, as I said. Um, and then you got Chris Carson there and DJ Dallas. Um, so a bit curious that they went decided to go that route. And then Abraham Lucas, the tackle out of Washington State, um, also coming from Washington State, was another one of these Mike Leach offenses. Um, hopefully those two guys are able to be tackled. Lucas will obviously compete with Stone Forsyth for the other tackle spot, but... We'll see how that plays out. Um, curious that they didn't take a quarterback there. Um, really thought they would. I think it would just it just make more sense to draft a quarterback over Kenneth Walker. I don't know. But then I love double dipping once again at cornerback, grabbing Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati and Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Um, Kobe Bryant was the Nico Dobriner. Like, he didn't deserve it over his teammate Sauce Gardner, obviously. That's why Sauce was the fourth pick and... Um, Kobe Brown was the fourth pick of the fourth round. Kind of funny. Didn't realize that connection until right now. Um, but he's still, like, obviously a very solid cornerback. Was able to... Um, so Sauce, like, locked up the boundary side and locked up the one half of the field. But then Brian had to do kind of... Not more, because, like, obviously Ahmad was responsible for half a field. But Brian had more different responsibilities, played different roles in that defense. Um, so interesting to see how Seattle will use him. And then Tariq Woolen is just a super high upside, um, but super raw wide receiver or um, cornerback. Um, 6'4", 
ran like a four three i want to say or four two he might have been sub four three i think he was sub four three yeah and um yeah in the fifth round to take a flyer on him like love it and then bo melton uh the wide receiver out of rutgers might just be the best seventh round pick of this draft obviously we'll have to see how it plays out don't really know too many of these writers or um seventh round picks but um don't be surprised if he comes in and beats out um the guy they drafted in the third round last year can't think of his name right now it's getting kind of late oh wow it's 1 a.m who did not realize that's why i'm so tired <laughs> um oh this is a long episode this is over an hour long sorry guys um i'll try to wrap it up pretty soon but yeah don't be surprised if he beats him out and becomes the wide receiver three there um so now on the san francisco 49ers um so drake jackson's a really high upside speed rusher he's probably just gonna be a designated pass rusher role uh with a deep edge group right now you got eric armstead who plays inside outside there um and um obviously nick bosa and then d ford so drake jackson can just come in for pass rushing downs get the guys on oxygen you know um another running back like i don't know much about tyreon davis price i don't even know how to say his name sorry about that um yeah it's very i don't know why they why they draft so many running backs like they they're the team that proves that running backs don't matter and that like anyone they put in the system um works and yet they always spend a third round pick on a running back it's so weird man um moving on danny green is a 4-3 speed threat um Danny, Danny Gray is a 4-3 four, four, speed threat type of guy. And um kind of excited to see how Shanahan uses him. Like, haven't really seen him have a true deep threat, I believe. Um, I can't remember if he was there with Marquise Goodwin. Um, but either way, like, kind of, that'll be exciting. It adds a new layer to the Shanahan offense. And then um I like how they double up on cornerback, especially the Terry Castro Fields. Um, he's a really good athlete and won't need to start right away. But I think he's got pretty good upside, especially with like one of the last picks of the sixth round. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got Logan Hall after trading down with the first pick of the second round. Um, that kind of makes that D-line nasty with um, Jason Pierre-Paul. Wait, actually, I don't know if Jason Pierre-Paul still there. Yeah, okay. So Jason Pierre-Paul, um, Joe tryon Serinka. Um, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and now you got Logan Hall. Like that's that's a nasty rotation. Uh, Luke Luke Godecki played tackle at Central Michigan. He can slide right in at guard. Um, and now you got Shaq Mason and Godecki there to replace Kappa and Ben. I do. I, it's it's late, guys. Sorry, I cannot remember. Um, Bucks guard retire. Ali Marpet. Um, so yeah, that's, that's your Ali Marpet replacement right there. So that's really good. Um, and then I like how they double dip at tight end with Kate Auten and Co. Kieft. Um, gives them, they, right now they only have, uh, Cameron Freight. So it gives them just a couple more options. Um, Rashad White in the third round, solid receiving back. You know how much Brady loves those. So pretty good. Fourth round punter. Eh. And then, um, Zion McCollum, though. Oh, that's it. That's exciting. He, he's kind of like, um, with the Seahawks, Tariq Woolen, but for whatever reason went after Tariq Woolen and he produced on like Tariq Woolen as a cornerback. Um, and he has the single highest relative athletic score, RAS score. I don't know if you saw those trending around on Twitter, 
but he has the single highest since they've been doing it. I think they started tracking it in like the 80s, and that's just the combination of your size, speed, um, shuttles, all that. Just this freak athlete, get him in the fifth round, and um, yeah, I think that that's going to be the one of the steals of the draft too. Total project right now, but great value, like, he could have gone day two, and it, I wanted to bat an eye. I've been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The fact that they got him in the fifth, whew, I love that for them. Um, Tennessee Titans now. Um, they had to trade away A.J. Brown. They didn't have the money to fit him in, I guess, or didn't like see him as their future. Uh, makes sense. They're paying their running back, and um, they got a good amount of investment in the offensive line right now. And someone, Tannehill, Tannehill, yeah. And their edge rusher, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, they got a lot of money locked into. Jeffrey Simmons is going to demand the bag. And I guess A.J. Brown was just the odd man out. kind of sucks because I think I would rather have A.J. Brown over Harold Landry and Bud Dupree. But, you know, this this is the Titans running it, and this is what they decided to do. And if you want to get an A.J. Brown replacement, Traylon Burke's the way to go. Um, I'm kind of scared that he won't be able to live up to it, like, he's not going to come in and be able to be wide receiver one right away, but that's what they need. Um, Robert Woods is, I feel like, better as a complimentary role. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how this plays out. It's also like, when was the last time a wide receiver with weight issues kind of figured it out and made it in the league, like, Alshon Jeffrey? Um, hopefully he's able to control his weight and really buy into being their wide receiver one. Uh, but I, I don't feel like this was a win now move when the Titans are in a fast closing window with an aging running back being their focal point and Ryan Tannehill ain't getting any younger. Um, McCreary, I feel like is a good pick in the second round. Um, maybe not above Andrew Booth, but he was really good in college, like, locking people down. Like, Jamar um, Chase, he was able to lock down. And he just has small arms, so that's, like, or short arms. Like, he um, sub-30-inch arms. You don't see that in the NFL, so is he going to be able to keep it up and um, produce like an elite cornerback? We'll see. Um, but he would be an outlier if he were to, so that's kind of the scare. And then uh, Nicholas... Nicholas Pettiet Friere, he's going to compete with at tackle and guard with Dalen Radunes and whoever else they want to go there. Um, Malik Willis in the third round. Wow, that's uh, he should have gone in the first. Um, he's not. He doesn't have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes upside, but he's got like just shorter there. He's a crazy runner with a crazy strong arm. Like getting him in the third round is just crazy value. Like you play him out of running back, and that would be a good value. Like. I hope he gets his chance to start a year or two down the line. Um, I don't know when they can get out of Tannehill's contract, but if I was, um, I don't know the GM's name off the top of my head, but if I was him, I'd be like itching to get out of it. Like I want to see Malik Willis start for this team. I'm excited. Um, I like Hassan Haskins in the fourth round. He like single-handedly took over that Michigan-Michigan State game, and he can be just like that bruiser to spell Derrick Henry. Um, Henry's taking a lot of hits probably can't be giving him the ball like 300 times a year anymore um and then i like uh chig akawankwo even though i don't know how to say his name i, I like him he's got um speedy tight end can be kind of like johnny smith or if they want to use him more in they run this outside zone shanahan type offense if they want to use him like, like kyle use check they're able to do that too and then kyle phillips is like the hunter renfro of this draft just plug and play slot wide receiver you're gonna be like how the hell is he there in the fifth round and last but certainly not least, we got the Washington Commanders. Um, 
John Dawson at 16, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I can't argue with the upside. He shows all the flashes, but a bit smaller at wide receiver and kind of projects best as a slot. But I, I really like um, Curtis Samuel as their slot instead. And then also, what does this mean for um, Darden? Is that the guy, Jalen Darden? Oh, not, not him. Um, Diami Brown, sorry. Those guys are like the same guy in my head. Um, what does this mean for Diami Brown? He's a high upside guy out of UNSC. Is he still going to play there? Um, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Fidarian Mathis in the second round. I feel like that was a bit of a reach, especially with Ty, um, Tyler Jones still there. Um, does this spell the end for Payne, De'Aaron Payne? Um, we'll see about that. He's not under contract next year, so I feel like this is just replace one Alabama de defensive tackle with another one. Um, I like Brian Robinson in the third round. He's a uh, power back, brings out element to offense that they don't currently have. And um, I love the fact that they got Sam Howell in their fifth round. Like, he's going to come in, already have that rapport with Danny Brown, so that's another reason you should keep him around. And in the fifth round, he just got... He's got all the physical tools of a Malik Willis. Maybe not quite as fast. Maybe a slightly worse arm. Maybe not, though, honestly. His arm is pretty strong. And he's a super strong runner, too. He was, like, practically a fullback in the um, running through defenders last year in college. And he's only 21 years old. So I'm, I don't know how he's there in the fifth round. But, yeah, heck, yeah, take him. And he's going to be your starter. He He's going to be the franchise quarterback of the commanders for the next 10 years, like, if he's not, I'm, I'm going to be surprised. In the fifth round, like, I, I wasn't convicted on him before the draft, you know? It depended on his landing spot. It depended on all that. But Washington's been searching for a quarterback for years, like my entire life, I feel like. And I've just got a feeling they found him. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's much more than a gut feeling, but he has the upside to do it if he can just reach it. And I like the direction Washington's going in right now. And if Sam Howell can bring that, like, they, they can be year-in-year-out competitors. Like, I, I love that pick. All right. And that does it. A bit of a longer episode. Sitting almost at, like, like almost at two hours, huh? Damn, I'm sorry, guys. Um, only, like, an hour and a half, actually. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys all. Um, if you did stick around this long, I really appreciate it. I'm over the summer. I'm going to be tackling a team-by-team -team breakdown. Um, hopefully, the episode will be shorter than this one, but I'm planning on doing like 20-minute, maybe 30-minute episode. We'll see how it goes after the first one. But for each NFL team, I'm going to be uploading multiple times a week because there's only like 16 weeks from now until when football starts and there's 32 teams. So I'm going to get through all 32 teams telling you what I think about each position group, whether or not... Um, like what their strengths, weaknesses, all that, just deep dive, uh, breaking down each team. And I'm super excited for that. And that's going to take us up to the NFL season. Well, I'll do right before that a season prediction, how I think it's going to go, do playoff, pick my Super Bowl, all that. And yeah, um, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Tell me what you think about your draft. Um, what players are do you think are going to be studs? What players do you think are going to be busts? Um, if you're on Apple, Spotify, anything like that, leave a review, five stars, help spread the word over the summer. I'm going to like ramp up the marketing, hopefully actually try to get um, random people to see this. And yeah, signing off for now. See you guys next week.